It's time for Girls in Golf podcast with your favorite hosts, Lex and Sarah. Ladies, when you're ready. Welcome back to Girls in Golf. It's our last podcast of the year, and we're excited to have two guests with us today. One is a U.S. Open champion, and the other one will be working on-site for the USGA at Champions Golf Club all week long. It's Kira K. Dixon and Michelle Wee West. That's right, Sarah. We're so excited. This, like you said, last podcast of the year, we figured we better do it big and get two well-known associates with our brand. Of course, Michelle Wee West is um, a wonderful professional golfer and a major champion. And Kara K. Dixon, former Miss America, and now um, a member of the golf media. She's worked with the um, with Tiger Woods Foundation and now with the USGA doing some on-site reporting. So we're really excited to talk to both of them. And first up is our interview with Michelle Wee West. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for being on Girls in Golf. Once again, we're so happy to have you. Uh, before we kick things off, how are you today? How's everything going? I'm good. I just put um, Kenna down for a nap. So I have a little bit of free time, which is exciting. <laughs> Well, we're always very happy to talk to you. Um, we really wanted to focus on the Women's U.S. Open since that's coming up. So we have a couple questions for you. Um, first things first, as a winner, what are three pieces of advice you you have going into a major? Um, I would say don't put so much pressure on yourself. Um, you know, there was a streak in the beginning when I was younger, I played really well in majors and there was a long streak where I just would miss cuts, you know, perform really badly. And it was just because I was so close so many times that I started putting all this pressure on myself just because it's a major, um, that I had to play better. Um, but you just have to play your own game. I think the most important thing is to play your own game. And what really clicked for me in 2014 was I went that week being like, okay, no pressure this week. Um, I'm just going to be consistent. You just have to be consistent in majors. So really putting the pressure off yourself, um, I think does wonders. What do you know about Champions Golf Club? Have you played there before? No. Uh, I, I don't know much, actually. I know it's in Houston that I yeah. do know. Um, and that this year, because it's December and they had to, you know, obviously everyone's had to adjust with the pandemic. They are playing two golf courses. Um, I've heard that both the golf courses will play very differently from one another. So each course will suit a certain type of player, which I think would be very interesting to watch. So given this is going to be a little bit different this year, how would you approach it? Um, you know, just with this whole year, I'm just so proud of our organization, um, of the LPGA Tour, of our players, staff, just how much adjusting everyone has had to do this year with no one has answers. Um, you know, no one, everything was changing at every single second and the amount of adjusting that our tour had to do. Um, and you know, the amount of, you know, just belief that our sponsors had in us that we, I thought we'd be sitting on the couch all year, but you know, our tour, we had almost a full schedule um, we still have the U.S. Open that's happening this year and, you know, the USGA pushing it back to December and making it happen. Um, I think it's incredible um, how I would handle this year's U.S. Open. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's the same once you get to a tournament, you know, but unfortunately, you know, I was planning on playing, you know, didn't feel comfortable because of the pandemic and flying with, you know, my baby 
But, you know, the, the thing that I was looking forward to most was hanging out with, you know, players, um, seeing my friends. But it, it's so weird when you see friends, you're like, you can't hug, you can't do anything. But, you know, hopefully this will all be over soon. Yeah, hopefully so. I We have seen that you've gotten out on the golf course a little bit more. Um, are you playing regularly, just practicing, having fun? What's going on? Um, my parents are in town for the holidays, so... That means I get a lot more freedom, which is great. Um, so we have, we've been playing a lot um, and it's been a lot of fun just going out. I can see myself improving um, every day I'm out there. You know, it's, it's so different from before because I'm not practicing every day. I'm just practicing when I can. And that's just like two hours here, two hours there. And sometimes I have a week where I can't practice at all. So I'm really learning to really remember my last session and carry that on to my next. I think before I took it for granted, like, oh, I'm just going to come back out the next day. You know, it's just so fresh every single time. But now I'm realizing that there's longer gaps in between my practice sessions. So it's helped me because I'm actually able to think about it and mull over what I'm doing, really try to connect my mental game and my physical game. And I can take those breaks. So it's really trying to take advantage of my, I guess, quote unquote disadvantages, but I'm using to that to my advantage trying to. I think it's definitely something to note. I, I often have a hard time practicing. That is a, like story of my life with music, with dance, except dance. I was like forced to be in the studio, but same with golf, like remembering things that um, that you practiced when you have time away is is really challenging. And I think that could be said for the girls out on tour, right? You don't necessarily have as much time to go and see the course, maybe because you're traveling or you're waiting for your test to come back. And now we have the added element of the weather, it being so cold. Um, can you tell like the average golfer what it's like actually playing in those conditions and how you have to adjust your game? It's freezing. I mean, I watched the golf last week in Dallas and oh my God, I was not envious one bit. <laughs> I know exactly how that feels. I mean, everyone's like face was red, like puffy, um, you know, just it, it's so hard. I mean, for the average golfer, I mean, people know when you play in the wintertime, but feel is everything to us. I mean, just it's like an eighth of an inch, a millimeter here or there, and that can make the world of a difference. So to play in the cold, your feel is compromised, your fingers are compromised. Um, it's difficult. And, you know, how these girls played last week, it was really impressive. It's good that they had um, that experience last week to play in Dallas. And I think I'll carry over in Houston. But I think it's supposed to be a little bit warmer, I'm hoping. Um, but, you know, golf in December, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. So it's going to be challenging because of the weather. Um but who do you think is, is going to stand out and who's your pick to win? Um, I was so happy to see Angela Stanford um, winning last week. You know, my fellow assistant captain, I was just, you know, so, so proud. I mean, we have, you know, almost weekly calls and each call we're like, you know, she's, she's playing really well, you know, we're rooting for her and every week she's getting closer and closer. And it was so great to see her finally win in her hometown. Um, so that was really exciting. Um, I think the quarter sisters are always someone to look out for. Um, you know, a couple of Korean players came over um, for the first time, really. So Young Ru, um, first time that she played in in the States since the pandemic started. Um, so I think 
I don't know. I mean, there's been so much great golf this whole year. Um, you know, we see a lot of younger players last week that, you know, finished well. Yan Lee Mino, um, you know, finished second. Um, so a lot of really interesting new faces, old faces as well. Um, you can see a lot of international players start coming in for this event, um, which I think is very exciting. So speaking of exciting, I was really happy to see you on broadcast for the Masters and the broadcast team for the match. How are you feeling in terms of like that part of your career? Is it something that you're liking, something you want to do more? And when could we maybe see you again? Uh, it was really exciting. It was really it was crazy. Like I was talking to uh, my producers at CBS um, and it was just, it, it was crazy. Like the first event, event I did for them, was like the Super Bowl. you know, it was like so amazing. It was so exciting, but also I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but, you know, just really, really honored to have the opportunity to do that. Um, the match obviously very different from the masters. Um, and that was just so fun in itself because we really just got to see them interact um, and we're just there really just putting fire on the feel on the fire really for them. Um, so that was really fun. Um, and seeing Phil and Charles, um, it, that was pretty incredible. I mean, <laughs> I also was like, really, I had a lot of fun hearing Phil talk about everything, because it was like, he really was like telling Charles how to hit every single shot. And it was just like, kind of, it was an insight to his mind. Um, like how he was thinking over every shot. I was like, oh, I'm actually like learning a thing or two. Like, this is pretty cool. Like I could, you know, Phil's mind is like one of the craziest, most brilliant minds out there. So to hear him unfiltered talking about every single shot, I mean, it was a lot, but I also like really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, and you asked me what's next. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think any of us know what's next. So I'm after I asked that question, I was like, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm hoping to do more. I'm hoping to come back and play. Um, it's just, I don't know what the vaccinations look like. I don't know what 2021 will look like. Hopefully everything will back, go back to normal um, and we'll see. Well, we did talk to your friend Marina Alex a couple of weeks ago and we asked her who she would want to play with in a match and she said you against um, Phil and possibly Stephen Curry again. Was that something you'd be up for? Yeah, um, actually, so for my wedding, um, we had this golf day, like girls versus guys. And, you know, Marina did actually play against Steph in that. It was Marina and Allison Walsh versus, you know, Steph and Andre Iguodala. And, you know, they, I think they won. So I think Steph wants, actually wants a rematch, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it'll be fun. I would like to see Marina play against Phil, though, because Phil is like her idol. And I think she would just, I don't know. I would love to see it. She'd just, she'd just be in awe. She'd like, I think she would completely just freeze. She'd be like, it's like Phil and Kari Webb. You put her around those two people and it's hilarious. She just <laughs> idolizes them. Starstruck. Like, her, I mean, her eyes are already big, but they even get bigger. And then like, she's like, oh my God, what do I do? I don't know. What do I do with my hands? I, I just don't know. You know? So I would love to see that just for my entertainment sake. Is there anyone else you would want to play with or any anybody that really has starstruck you? Oh, someone that has I think if I ever met Will Farrell, I think I would be really starstruck. That'd be great. I just watched Elf last night too. I know, so. right? Or I've already <laughs> watched it like three times. Um I also found out um that he has an old English sheepdog as well. So we're you know, we should go on a dog play date. 
Right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what movie would you quote to him? Oh, Elf. Absolutely. Not not uh not Anchorman. I'd be really tempted to throw an Anchorman thing in uh, there. I don't know. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anchorman. I love Anchorman. Even Anchorman 2 is pretty good. They're all so good. I love them in Zoolander too. <laughs> um, we got to. <laughs> well, Michelle, it was so glad to, we're so glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Um, for those of you listening, Michelle will be on the virtual tea at the U.S. Women's Open. So you can sign up at uswomensopen.com slash join me. So it's always great to hear from Michelle. Um, obviously, talking to a major champion is something that's never dull. And we're really hoping that she would be able to play this week. But um, always there's a chance for next year. We're so proud of everything that the LPGA has done to keep the season going. And we have another interview for you guys, right, Sarah? We do. We have Kira. Uh, let's go see what Kira's going to be up to this coming week. So before we start this interview, I'm going to give our guest a little intro. Formerly Kira Kazantsev, now Kira K. Dixon. She's a former Miss America, a podcast host, a media correspondent for multiple organizations, including the USGA, currently a grad student at USC, and she's mad about golf. So Kira, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, we're super happy to have you because you're actually in Houston working with the USGA for the U.S. Women's Open, which is the last major of the year. So describe your role with them and how how you got it. Oh, my gosh, that's a long story. Um, well, my role this week is kind of heading up a lot of our digital coverage. So NBC carries the broadcast, um, but the USGA still does a lot of its own coverage on all of its social channels. So I host a show called The Tap In, which will be a daily uh, little, um, you know, tap in small thing of... <laughs> But we're really good at the jokes here at the USGA. Um, It'll be a daily little snapshot of what happened that day. Um, I'll also be doing some post-round stuff for USGA channels, players. Um, I'll be hosting a really cool uh, Women Worth Watching um, panel with uh, some some wonderful uh, ladies. Molly Solomon is the executive producer of Golf Channel. Uh, Kathy Engelbert, who's the WNBA commissioner, and Erica Nardini, who's the CEO of Barstool Sports. So it'll be a great, a great powerhouse group of women that I get to like direct traffic on. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and I'll be running a lot of the just general content for social, especially for stories and helping on Instagram and helping to build that story and um, kind of host it as opposed to just, I don't know what I would normally post in a random Instagram story. So give people the real experience. Um, so that's what I'm doing this week. And you want to know? So really, not a whole lot. You don't have. No, a whole lot yeah. And then there's all something else always comes up too. I mean, they they definitely you know they pack your schedule. I've got nothing else to do while I'm here, so it's fine. Um, and then you wanted to know how I got to this place in my life. Sure. With the USGA. Well, maybe not in life. Let's say let's say what was your path to the USGA and you know the tap in specifically. Yeah. Let's go there. Yeah, I'd like to know like how, like what made you decide you wanted to go fully into golf too? Like, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> from the yeah, beginning, yeah. But... 
Um, okay, so after Miss America, I moved to LA and I thought I wanted to be an entertainment news host personality. And I quickly found out that although I did enjoy some, you know, there were some cool red carpet events that I got to do, but in the grand scheme, it just, it wasn't, I wasn't, I don't know if it was because I wasn't doing well in it. Like I wasn't getting the gigs that I wanted to get or it just wasn't working out. I don't know if it was like a chicken and the egg problem, but I wasn't enjoying it. But the one thing that did keep coming up was my love of golf. I grew up playing golf. I got to play in some really cool golf pro-am events when I was Miss America. So I kind of got exposed to the golf media world. Um, and I just kept getting golf opportunities, kept getting golf opportunities. And finally, one day, the USGA called me kind of out of the blue they had heard about me through a friend of a friend, a very random connection. And um, one day, John Mummer, who's the creative director, called and and I don't even know how he had my cell phone number. And I, I was like, hello? <laughs> and he's like, hi, this is John Mummer at the USGA. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Can I, hi, how are you? Um, and he offered me a gig to come and be a host for the USGA's digital coverage at Shinnecock. New York at the U.S. Open in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, sure. I'd, I'd never been to a U.S. Open. I had never done full comprehensive tournament coverage like that before. I'd only really done like big events, but not like really tour tournament type events, especially a major. Um, and I did it and it was great. And it kind of changed my whole career trajectory. I went from kind of just like bopping around and being this girl with a microphone from at all these different random things there yeah 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 to like okay like this could be a real career path for me of like being a journalist in the sports media space with a focus in golf so that's how I got here <laughs> now you've also grown um, a large following on Instagram where does this take you from here and would you consider yourself an influencer um I don't know like so I guess I think that my my definition of an influencer, like in what people think of that is, is that someone it's their full time job. They make money specifically through social media. Um, they, you know, that that is their primary job and source of income. Um, but I am naturally an influencer. Just you know, there's young people and girls that follow me that are impressionable and could be influenced by something I say or do or wear. I post gift guides for people because I know they like that type of content. And I like to sit and look at charcuterie boards and it's an excuse for me to post that type of stuff. And so like, yeah, sure. I I'm an influencer in that way, but I also have an entire career outside of social media. So I, I wouldn't consider myself like uh, influencer 100% of the time. Back to your work at the, at the U S women's open. Wow. Words are hard. Um, they, they so, trust me. I know <laughs> very hard. So hard. Um, for people who haven't had a media badge before, can you describe the experience when you go to one of these events and you have, you know, four days of access? Yeah, well, I think with COVID, it's gotten even more intense because I I will be here for ten days. So I arrive early, get my test, 
I'm currently in quarantine, which is what, why we uh, scheduled it for this time because I've I've got I've got time. So yeah, here we are. Um, then you get cleared, and then you get to go in the bubble on site. Usually for, and I'm just talking about my experience. For for me, the first day is usually like a planning day. Get you know walk the course. I was already here for preview day um, to check out the the golf course uh, and do some some pre content with some players, but uh, probably walk the course. Um, make sure I've got you know, all my ducks in a row, talk to my producer. Uh, we might film something tomorrow, depending on how long the test takes to come back, but probably, I don't know. We'll see. Sunday is when it really starts to get busy for me. Um, we will be filming a tap in every day and posting it in the morning. Um, so we have a production meeting in the morning, then we go out and film. Um, and then while it's being edited, I go back out and do, you know, whether it's, um, we have a fan experience thing that I'm hosting. We have that, uh, round table thing I was talking to you about earlier. Uh, you know, whether it's a social thing or whatever, something comes up. And then that evening, you know, we, we take a look at the edit, we sit down, we do feedback, blah, 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 blah. It gets posted. And then we, yeah, then it, it gets slated to be posted the next morning. We all go home, rinse and repeat until Thursday. <laughs> um, and Thursday will be uh, mostly doing tap in, same thing, and then all the social stuff, and then post rounds with you know whatever emerging stories there are uh, for USGA's channels. So it's a lot. It's uh, it's good. I mean, but I mean, the energy that's that's a lot. Oh, that's such very nice <laughs> of you to think that I keep it up. Um, I usually when I get home, I'm like I just can't move for like two to three days because these are. I think it's one thing when you're constantly traveling with the tour, maybe like you're, you're used to it all the time, but I I really only work on USGA's events right now in terms of being on site at a tournament or a championship. Um, and it's, it's like a shock to the system, it's especially I think right now when I'm home every day and I'm like doing some things from home here and there, like my energy level is not crazy, like in terms of what I have to expend at home. So when I get here, I forget the amount of energy I have to I give to just like interact with somebody in person. Just, hey, how are you? Is it completely different things? I'm all of a sudden saying that to, you know, hundred people that I haven't seen in a year. So it's like, just even that is a lot, but I'm so like, I, I feel like you have energy for something that you love. So it's not like it's a chore. I love being here. I love doing this. So it's, um, you know, I'm pumped about it. There's kind of an adrenaline rush to those kinds of things. Like I always used to tell people that the like 12 or 14 hour days in TV, just unless it was excruciating, like a, a bad baseball game. I worked a really long baseball game once, but it's like <laughs> you, other than that, you have, you have the energy and you get there and there is craft services to get you through. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of coffee. There's always, there's a very nice Keurig that we have access to. Um, so I'm not, I'm very happy with that. And yeah, I mean, there's always going to be days when it's, sucks for lack of a better word um there it's not all gumdrops and rainbows but for the most part I really enjoy it well and I think it's kind of like it's what I imagine and I love the bachelor so I'm going to bring it around back to the bachelor I love it's what I do oh we will talk I love (laughs) I I feel like it's when you get on site for these events, it's kind of like going to the bachelor. Like you really, except for, you know, in terms of doing media on your phone, you don't look at your phone. You're not texting. You're not doing anything except focusing on this one thing. Just like they focus on one person 
for that whole day. Like, that's it. That's what you do. It's almost like, it's like a vacation, but it's not a vacation. No, it's definitely not a vacation, <laughs> but I, I totally feel that because I get so in the zone and then I'll get back to the hotel room and I've got like a thousand text messages and I have no, but, but by that point I'm a zombie. I've got no energy to respond or to make sense or anything like that. So yeah, words are hard at that point, especially. <laughs> So now that this is your second time um, out at the golf course, can you give us a little first impression of Champions Golf Club? Because most people probably haven't been there. Yeah. So I really like the course. You know, this is the first time that we're actually playing two courses for the U.S. Women's Open. So we've got um, Cypress Creek and Jackrabbit. Um, My initial impression is that it's a very, like, traditional Texas golf course, really big, huge green complexes, um, lots of like dog legs and all that. So, um, I think it'll be interesting because I, a lot of the players have said, you know, it's really hard to get to know one U S open golf course, let alone two. Uh, and it's all in the details. You know, you have one bad shot and all of a sudden you went from par to double bogey and like, it's just, um, yeah, it could get you real quick. Uh, and I think that this course, these courses, uh, are not immune from that as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects, players who maybe in another year, if it was all one course would have had a completely different journey. Uh, but because it's two, uh, we'll have a different storyline. Sounds like it's going to be pretty tough. What do you think is the the one thing that the ladies need in order to win? Uh, that's a great question. Probably better asked of one of the players themselves. But um, in my conversations with them, it seems like having as much focus on details as possible, uh, is, is the key for any U S open, uh, because it is the biggest challenge and the biggest test of the year in golf. Um, so for them to be able to have complete 100% focus and confidence, uh, is the key for sure. You know, I've had conversations where players have told me, you know, I, I just, I wasn't ready. Like emotionally, my confidence wasn't there. I was looking around at all of these other players and I just got so in my head about, them and the the grandeur of the moment and oh my gosh this is the U.S. Open and forgot about everything else so the players that are able to just play their game focus on the details let everything else go those are the ones that I think will emerge and have a great week it's interesting that you say that because I think um you know people would say that with fans that's absolutely the case right someone who can stay in their own head and I think it's easy to say like, well, there's no fans there. You know, maybe it's like a little less pressure or whatever. I I think we saw with the masters, there's a little bit more. You don't get to like, you don't get to know what's happening. You don't really have like a sense of things. It's just you and whoever you're playing with and however it comes out is going to end up what, like you don't have that foresight into things and it, you can really get actually in your own head. Yeah. And I think that this has also been such a jarring experience. People have never been through something like this before. So everyone's going to react to it differently. Some people feed off the fans. Some people are maybe doing better than they normally would have without that extra pressure. Um, I think that personally, if I was out there, it, it, this is a dreamscape, dream world. Okay. Uh, fantasy sequence. Uh, I think that I would be getting in my head without fans there because I have personally done my best in 
like my own life's situations under pressure and under a lot of like just the, the energy and the noise. I love energy and noise in my normal life. I function well under chaos. I need that. And the silence is deafening out there. I think that's at least how I would play it. (laughs) So I wouldn't win. I wouldn't win this year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might actually have that right. When you go to pebble in a couple of months, I don't think we're having fans. That's what I mean. Like you, you'll be, you'll oh, be oh, in that oh, scenario. Yeah. yeah. So it's not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pulling for you. I think it'll go good because all you need is the confidence. Yeah, Just like you stated so, before, yeah. you have to have the confidence. Yeah. It'll be my third year. And I think I'll have the confidence actually, because I, I've, I've got the benefit of experience now. I've been working really hard on my game. Um, so I feel good about it. I think it'll be It'll be more of like a fun buddies trip feel. I love that. Well, we did um, po- we did post on Twitter and we got a couple of questions for you. Um, a good friend of our podcast and a friend of our brand, he was a member of um, the Hackers Paradise Granddaddy team last year. Um, we call him Sizzle. He was asking <laughs> if you have any advice on how to get his four-year-old involved in golf. She's young. Oh, that's great. I started golf at three with my dad. Um, and for me, it was just like the cool time I got to spend with my dad. And it was our special bonding time. And he got me like these cute little clubs. And we would always uh, bet on, like do putting contests for a red Gatorade or a hot dog. I was, I'm still, those are my still go-to snacks at a golf course. Um, and he just made it fun. And it was our, our little bonding time. So I think that if you can do that for a kid and, you know, it's not this pressure filled situation where you're training to become uh, Tiger Woods, then uh, you can have a lot of fun on the golf course, uh, no matter your, no matter your age. Our next question um, is from Alex on Twitter. Have you ever played Goat Hill and who is your under the radar pick for the final major of the year? I've never played Goat Hill, unfortunately. So put that on my list. Um, Let's see. My under the radar pick. I kind of want to say Allie McDonald, I guess now Allie Ewing, um, although she's not that under the radar because she's doing really, really well. Um, In Dallas, yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'll go with a Lydia Ko. I I think that she's always a a good one to believe in. She's got you know, things are trending, I think, in a good direction for her. So I'll go with Lydia Ko. And then our last one from Garrett. What is your favorite course? Ever? I guess he just said, what's your favorite course? <sighs> that's so, that's so broad. Let's go West Coast. How about West Coast? Oh, uh, Pebble Beach. <laughs> Sorry to be so predictable. <laughs> I mean, it's the best. Actually, although I did just play Bandon, and that was pretty life-changing. It was amazing. Dying to go. Dying to go. Someday. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was was actually, I think I was working, I was in New York for the U.S. Open, and my husband called, and he was like, hey, you want to go to Bandon next week when you get back? And I was like, sure. So we, he, he booked it all, which was I was like, what happened to you? Amazing. Okay. Yeah, it was great. And we drove up there. We were all COVID safe about it. And it was awesome. 
Last couple of things before we let you go. Okay. What do you think is the best thing that's happened to golf in the last couple of years? The best thing to happen to golf? Um, I think it's great that players are willing to show a little bit more of themselves via their social media. And like the other day, Brooks and his girlfriend, Jenna Sims, did that like ask question thing. I don't know if you saw that on Instagram. Like I saw it covered. Was- I didn't get to watch it. Okay, so I watched it because I'm psycho, and I was like, this would never happen five years ago, let alone 20 years ago, and it just, it was such a great thing for golf to have that moment of connection with one of our biggest stars. Um, I love that the sport is trending in that way and that a lot of the players are embracing that part of, you know, their, their image and golf media. I also really love Harry Higgs. I think he's one of the best things to happen to golf in the past few years too, (laughs) just as a human. Yeah. What about for women's golf or what do you think women's golf needs to like kind of break through a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, it's been interesting. Um, I hosted a golf ladies beginner golf clinic kind of right after golf courses opened back up in the Bay area and I just, it was a kind of a social experiment for me because I put it on Instagram. I didn't advertise it anywhere else. And within a day, it was completely sold out. And it's been amazing to see how, uh, I've just noticed a lot more women on the golf course. People are more willing to just pick up the clubs and go out and not be scared of, you know, the things that all come with, with going to the golf course for the first time, especially as a woman. So it's been very encouraging for me to see, see that melt away a bit. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if there's some sort of shifting, uh, image that golf is going through, which would be great, uh, in terms of encouraging more women to play. Um, but yeah, that, that's been an interesting thing to see happen. And I hope it continues. Um, and I want to do more events like that. So it was really great to just see women show up. And it's really a brave thing to do to go to a golf course where you really, like a couple of people showed up. They didn't know anybody. They didn't know, they didn't know, know me. They had like heard about it from a friend of a friend. And I was, I was like, I'm so happy you're here and that you were willing to come to something that where you didn't know anybody. So it was great. Talk about vulnerability, right? Like that's just, that's really, it's like putting yourself out there for people. Yeah. And I, yeah, there's nothing that is more vulnerable than your golf swing. It really lays everything bare. (laughs) Well, Kara, where can people follow you and see the work that you're doing with the USGA this week? Yeah. So I'm at Kara K Dixon on everything and on all the USGA channels this week, you'll see the tap in and all the other stuff that we're doing. So I hope you'll follow along. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm really excited about the level of coverage that we're going to be able to bring to the U.S. Women's Open uh, and feature all these uh, amazing ladies. So it'll be it'll be a good time. So follow along. So it was great to talk to Kira um, and hear her impressions of Champions Golf Club. As she said, if you want to see all that she is doing, watch the tap in, see some special videos um, with the LPGA players on site at Champions Golf Club. Follow the USGA or follow Kira K. Dixon and check out uswomensopen.com. Sign up for the virtual first tee. I think Sarah and I might just be there. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the U.S. Women's Open this year. It's going to be very different with two courses. So I'm excited to see all the amazing ladies who are probably going to do amazing and stand out this year. Um, so thank you all for joining us. This was our last podcast of the year. Hope you have a great holidays. If you missed any of our episodes, you can go to Apple Podcasts and we'll have all of our episodes listed there.